Volume two, chapter eight of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter eight. Within, twas brilliant all and light, a thronging scene of figures bright, as when the setting sun has given ten thousand hues to summer's even, and from their tissue, fancy frames aerial knights and fairy dames scott even in an establishment so regular as that of the rotherhams the routine of punctuality is not secure from accident dinner had been ordered an hour earlier than usual in compliment to the holywell ball but the four young men had unluckily thought fit to make the tour of the stables and kennels and pass sentence on the dons and pontos who were to set forward with their servants towards the highlands on the following day and then lord dumbarton was a dandy and insisted on a bath after the fatigues of a journey and the vapours of the stables and from one indiscretion to another dinner was kept waiting and the cook as well as the turbot in hot water lady rotherham's carriage too was ordered for half-past seven but it was eight before arthur quitted the dining-room and they had still an hour's drive before them i fear we are late mr armytage said the good-humoured lady r as he assisted her into the carriage but i will take all upon myself with your mother nevertheless added lady laura laughing if the people should be arrived and the ball begun don't talk of such a thing exclaimed arthur and he began to rejoice in the excellence of lord rotherham's horses at all events the ball cannot commence till i make my appearance for i understand it is necessary for me to open it your wife rather i should imagine said lady laura no interrupted her ceremonious mother not unless your brother member were here to be her partner it is for the new member to open the ball with the lady of the highest rank present that thank heaven will be yourself said arthur turning to lady laura fie fie what would the duchess of spalding say if she heard you you forget honoria and amabel i wish i could i would as soon dance with my wife's poodle no if they arrive in time i shall choose to understand that i am to dance with the mrs mayoress of thoroton at my election ball she must necessarily be the first and fairest you might have chosen a more disagreeable person said lady laura the mrs mayoress of the year is the wife of the great stocking weaver who has done so much good to the poor of thoroton and a remarkably pretty pleasant woman she dined the other day at the castle and we found her a great acquisition to the party a turn of the road leading to the spot where on his return home from spalding court arthur had given way to such singular presentiments now brought them to a distant view of holywell a stream of light blazed from its windows the illumination of the house was complete lady rotherham kindly directed arthur to hasten her coachman but alas as they approached the house they found themselves in a string of carriages proceeding at the foot's pace indispensable to afford young ladies time for due care of their blonde and blush roses in alighting at the scene of display arthur wisely determined to gain the house on foot and somewhat less than five minutes having enabled him to complete his toilet he entered the ballroom at one door just as lady rotherham and her daughter arrived at the other 
but alas his offences were already numbered his mother in a most majestic and mahomedan turban looked as awful as if fresh from the massacre at Sio, and frowned her silent reproaches poor arthur was bowed to and curtsied to congratulated thanked his hand shaken his health inquired after but all the time he scarcely knew whose bows he was returning whose civilities reciprocating young handsome prosperous popular member as he was his feelings were engrossed by apprehensions of an explosion of anger from mrs armytage are the spaldings arrived he inquired of sophia whose soothing smile was the first agreeable object that struck him in the ballroom not yet thank heaven lady laura it seems i am privileged to claim your hand you forget the lady mayoress no no she was only my pis-aller against lady honoria sophie go like a good creature and inquire of my mother if she wishes the dancing to begin i dare not accost her at present she does she has just ordered the band to play there lead your partner to the top of the room and it was not till he had elbowed away for lady laura greta through the crowd and placed her at the head of the set rapidly forming that arthur found himself opposite to marian marian all elegance all brilliancy all beauty prettier a thousand times than he had ever seen her look before she was pale indeed unusually pale but that might arise from the glare of the lights or the reflection of her resplendent diamonds he was about to advance and take her hand but lady laura was already in the act of greeting and turning to his wife's partner he was astonished to perceive lord wyndham spalding you here my dear fellow and so early was his involuntary exclamation recriez-vous i don't wonder answered winsome wynne for i am actually going to perpetrate tant bien que mal an english contredance a feat which i have never attempted since we used to be called at eton into old birch's parlour on state occasions to stand up with les demoiselles birch marian's pale face was just now again visible but arthur had only a moment to nod and smile the band played the dance commenced and all was shoving and shuffling panting and poussetting everything which the customs of our forefathers conjured up to render a ballroom a place of hard labour and penance a minute's space necessarily ensued before lord wyndham and his partner followed the leaders of the race just long enough to enable arthur's wife to overhear the exclamations of the idle throng behind her lady laura and young armytage what a handsome couple i always thought they would have made a match yes that would have been quite a yorkshire wedding quite a suitable connection she looked again and admitted the truth of the remark yes they were indeed a well-assorted couple lady laura's tall and finely formed figure her rich dark hair and look of distinction accorded well with the noble person and gentlemanly unaffected manners of arthur everybody in the room no doubt must see them as she saw them all his friends must sympathise with mrs armytage's regret that lady laura was not her daughter-in-law and in contempt for her insignificant self tears came into her eyes and her ears tingled and her colour fled 
and under this disadvantageous aspect it became her task to lead down the dance and attract for the first time the criticisms of her country neighbours it was natural for a person so timid to attach to herself the scarcely repressed titter and whispers of contempt that followed her movements she saw not the looks of wonder and ridicule directed towards the elaborate affectations of her partner whose studs of pendant pearls red velvet waistcoat and glittering guard chain gave him in the eyes of the unsophisticated thoroughtonians the air of a mountebank she heard not the interrogatories that followed who is the young lady with whom that strange coxcomb is dancing don't you know our member's wife well i protest i never saw a more modest elegant little woman but though marian heard not the praises lavished on herself miss armytage heard and hearing with delight and pride was vexed to perceive with how much more graciousness than was desirable mrs arthur received the attentions of her partner the motive sophia perfectly understood and made due allowance for marian's shyness and desire to disguise it by conversing familiarly with the only individual in the room with whom she was much acquainted the same cause which induced arthur to talk and laugh with lady laura prompted his wife to chat and smile with the grimacing dandy whose jargon reminded her of the pleasures and amusements of the preceding winter ere her holywell mortifications had been conjured up around her the wives and daughters of her husband's constituents were however less indulgent than his sister things went still worse when marian arrived at the bottom of the dance for there she felt quite unequal to retain her place by the side of lady laura lady laura for the enjoyment of whose society her husband had deserted her at the trying moment of welcoming her guests exposing her to the painful consciousness of his neglect at the time when his presence and her own presence of mind were needed most instead therefore of following the obligation imposed on all honourable contra-dancers of dancing up in their turn to the importance of which lady laura's provincial experience rendered her duly sensible away she went with lord wyndham on the plea of requiring rest and during the remainder of the set they occupied a quiet corner of the ballroom and a considerable share of the observation of its guests so engrossed did they appear with each other that no one ventured to approach them till the remainder of the greta castle party made their appearance when lord dumbarton an intimate paris acquaintance of both came to demand the hand of marian for the quadrille which they hoped would follow the set demanded as a sacrifice to country customs a minute afterwards arthur came to whisper a request to marian in the name of his mother that she would dance the second dance with the mayor of thoroton whom she had already once refused on the grounds of a long-standing engagement to lord wyndham but a jealous wife is not particularly accessible to persuasion marian declared herself again engaged protested she would not dance with the mayor would not join another contra-dance and after various remonstrances against the affront thus offered to the man in authority arthur armytage observed to lord greta who was standing by sophia volunteered to be his partner for the first set 
do my dear greta ask your sister to honour him with her hand for the next or stay i will go and make the request myself i am sure lady laura will not refuse me marian turned a deaf ear but not a hardened heart to this free admission of his influence but she had no leisure for mortification at that moment the duchess of spalding who had just entered the room flew with extended hands to greet her all smiles and courtesy evidently determined to make and consider her the leading personage of the evening leaning on her arm the great lady whom the wemmersley's affectation of late hours had compelled to arrive two hours too late pressed her way through the ballroom in search of mrs armytage who had already deserted her post of reception in order to be more particular in her attentions to her thoroton guests for it was not in playing the hostess that her foible made itself apparent her manners on public occasions were marked by the dignified simplicity of a perfect gentlewoman in her mode of receiving the manierre and restless duchess the superiority of mrs armytage was strikingly perceptible meanwhile the sudden blazing forth of the mill hill party did not tend to increase the hilarity of the evening the arrival of the great people of the neighbourhood in a country ballroom seldom does for a moment their appearance engrosses general attention the provincials begin to admeasure themselves by a new standard and well content with their own attractions a minute before now decide themselves to be well or ill-dressed as they more or less resemble the idols of the hour the duchess was attired in a perfectly plain white satin dress with a profusion of magnificent diamonds the country ladies who having no magnificent diamonds had made themselves tawdry in striving to be splendid began to be heartily ashamed of their frippery felt uneasy and looked cross then mrs a left off talking to her neighbour mrs b lest she should lose the opportunity of attracting a passing bow from her grace while mrs b looked glumpily away lest her spinster neighbour miss c should suspect her of being servilely ambitious of aristocratic patronage all who had voted against lord leicester spalding fancied the duchess must bear them a grudge all who did not happen to visit mrs wemmersley trembled lest the duchess should vote them ungenteel most of the parties present felt far less comfortable than before she entered the room and then the really pretty but finical fluttering fanciful ladies amabel and honoria were immediately taken up with lord edward brereton and lord greta and made off in quest of lady laura not because they liked or admired her but because she was the only person present with whom they could keep up the freemasonries of caste and although the high-minded laura far better pleased to converse with her entertaining well-informed partner the mayor strove to extricate herself from the group all the fine people stood apart laughing and chatting together as if winnowed from the surrounding chaff returning with most overstrained affability the tokens of recognition somewhat too obsequiously bestowed upon them by the females of the yorkshire squires and standing ostentatiously aside whenever any one attempted to pass them as much as to say for worlds do not let me afford you an opportunity of saying 
that a person of my consequence condescended to treat you with incivility mrs wemmersley meanwhile her vanity buoyant beyond all control kept fluttering like a butterfly round the knot of exclusives the pink feathers of her toque in perpetual motion and her whole countenance illuminated by the reflection of ducal sunshine how different all this from the rational cheerfulness and companionableness of the gretas from the mild conciliation of sophia armytage yet marian saw it otherwise marian was captivated by the eager attentions that seemed to raise her into importance exhilarated by the gabble of artificial gaiety which reassured the timidity of her nature she even managed to forget mrs armytage while she listened to the prattling folly of lady honoria and her brothers the lively quizzing of lord edward brereton the soothing flatteries of the duchess the three hundred ill-natured persons present were nothing to her now arthur and lady laura could not fail to see that there were those who admired and sought her her colour and her spirits rose she looked very pretty and behaved very foolishly the neglected thoroughtonians having for half an hour adored the spaldings and another half hour admired them soon began to criticise to blame to feel affronted long before supper was announced they had decided among themselves that mrs arthur armytage was a giddy young woman totally disqualified for the wife of a popular member the supper-table is however a marvellous redresser of grievances and soother of woes tired nature's boon-restorer balmy champagne dulcifies the tide of human bitterness and while turkey-pults tongues jellies peaches and nectarines disappeared public serenity was for a time restored arthur armytage circulated round the tables like a postman taking care that his constituents were attended to while the duchess and the dandies and the member's wife and all the rest of their tribulations were happily hidden from the view by the towering bouquets of the gold plateau vases at the head of the room all began to admit that they were better off than at the blue boar and that the entertainment did honour to the hospitality of mrs armytage of holywell new clouds however were gathering a contradance after supper was felt to be a national duty but behind those fatal vases a plot had been already concocted by the recondites for rewarding their previous self-denial not by a quadrille but a galop the two fair spaldings marian mrs wemmersley and two or three london-going bells of the neighbourhood were gallopers which would form a sufficient party the perfect audacity of several of the aspirants duly considered but the exotic dance now for the first time introduced to thoroughtonian admiration seemed to strike consternation into all its beholders it was like the bursting of a thunderstorm tender mothers began to gather their chickens under their wings and elderly gentlemen to shrug their shoulders mrs armytage petrified that any one should have interfered with the march of the evening's amusements was doubly paralysed by the first aspect of the dance and by beholding her daughter-in-law among the most expert of the rompers she stood awful and severe as a statue of nemesis my dearest laura whispered sophia to her friend 
i know you sometimes gallop at almack's do pray stand up to-night and mamma will cease to discern anything objectionable in the dance i see she is greatly displeased with marian willingly if i can find your brother i never gallop with strangers there he is talking to marian and away went sophia to invite arthur in his wife's hearing and in the name of her friend to become the partner of lady laura marian immediately turned away and began flirting in a hurried manner with lord wyndham unluckily in the next breathless pause of their galop they anchored close to mrs armytage who was receiving the parting compliments of the mayoress positively this little interlude of civilization is quite refreshing my dear madam said lord wyndham judiciously interrupting them and yet i am assured our heathens are somewhat scandalized pauvre cher innocence ça fait hausser les épaules it does indeed said mrs armytage affecting to misunderstand him a more disgusting exhibition i never witnessed in this country in this county i am not apprehensive of seeing it naturalized probably not probably not was the flippant reply en fait de morale the english so grievously mistrust themselves that they are forced to rely for security like the people of holland against an inundation of wickedness upon dykes so vastly high and ponderous that one might as well live in a saw-pit on s'écrase par la pesanteur de ses vertus to evade all chance of a reply away he went whirling poor marian into the vortex while mrs armytage's attention was soon taken up with the faint adieus of poor tired lady rotherham who had already bespoken the thoroton apothecary to visit her on the morrow other departures followed and the ill-assorted party broke up some hours earlier than is customary on similar occasions the last provocation received by mrs armytage that evening was some particularly private whispering between the duchess of spalding and marian as they bade each other a tender farewell at parting end of volume two chapter eight